the Strong Towns podcast. Today we have Randy Sims. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Uh, Sims. Sims. Yeah. Randy Sims. And he's speaking to us all the way from Seoul, South Korea. Randy is the founder and managing editor of Urban Cincy, uh, which is a news source for Cincinnati's urban core. And Randy's also an urban planner who has worked all around the world. Um, I contacted Randy for No New Roads Week because I recently came across an article on Urban Cincy that Randy wrote about the Ohio Department of Transportation's expected announcement of a major shift towards fix-it-first policy and more away from new road projects. Um, Randy, can you summarize that article a little bit? And welcome to the podcast. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, we had actually uh, spoken to somebody who works at ODOT, and they had informed us that they had been briefed uh, internally uh, by senior management at ODOT that they're in the process of shifting towards what what we would call it uh, more of a fix it first policy. Now, o- ODOT didn't call it that, but uh, the way they described it is basically they're saying they're going forward, going to use all their funding to maintain and preserve uh, existing existing assets that they have. And the way ODOT funds things now is it's pretty much just related to roadways. So they don't do much in terms of transit right now. That's all done at a local level in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... So yeah, so they they were just saying is is hey we can't uh, afford to keep it adding capacity to our system anymore. Uh, we're not sure if we're going to have the funding to maintain what we've got, much less anything else. And so they said, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna shift from the system of building and expanding our highways to just you know maintaining what we've got. That's that's good news. What do you think precipitated that shift in thinking? You know, I'd like to say it was, you know, purely that they saw the light when it came to planning and all these other things, but I don't think it was that. I think it was uh, economically or financially driven. Uh, You know, Ohio is one of those states that it's been adding population, but it's been adding population at one of the slowest rates in the the nation. Uh, Okay. And, you know, so in certain regions have been adding people at a different different rates, you know, so the Columbus metropolitan region has been growing at a faster rate uh, than the rest of the state, but Cincinnati has been growing just slightly uh, faster than other places. And then you've got like Cleveland or Northeast Ohio, which actually as a region has been uh, losing population, but yet all these places are still adding capacity. So it's, you know, it's one of these things of, well, the city's basically the same size or the region was the same size it was, you know, decades ago, but now we've got more stuff to take care of. Uh, there was a, there's been interesting graphics you see posted around where, you know, like, let's say you look at Buffalo and it's basically the same size region it was, you know, 50 years ago, but, mm-hmm. but now it's like twice the amount of area. So you've got twice as many sewers, twice as many roads, twice as many, you know, utility lines to, to maintain and care for, uh, every year. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, what, what do you think the political situation was like in Ohio with regards to transportation before this happened? Like, does this come as a surprise? Not really. Uh, the way, the way that they're framing this is 
basically they're saying this policy shift is going to happen soon. Uh, so it'll occur in two different phases. One is kind of this planning planning phase, which is uh, already being realized. So right now the projects that are in the planning stages are already being impacted by this. Uh, in terms of actual funding, uh, that those types of projects, uh, once you get to the capital funding, will really start to uh, be noticeable come 2019. And the reason that date's important in Ohio is because uh, our Republican governor, John Kasich, actually did these uh, bonds against the Ohio Turnpike, which is a uh, tolled road across the northern part of the state. Right. And so he he issued these bonds on that uh I guess this was a couple years ago. And so those bonds that he issued uh, will run up uh, by 2019. And so that that's basically funding uh, some extra capital projects for ODOT right now. But once those funds go away, they, they won't, they won't have the, that money anymore. And they've, they're also, even on ODOT's website, they talk about how the state gas tax hasn't been increased in a decade um, mm. and they don't foresee that happening anytime soon. Just as this is a, just a national issue where, you know, Americans just don't seem to want to vote to increase the gas tax and politicians don't want to, you know, drive that, drive that car, uh, and lead and lead the public down that path. Right. Yeah. I was just talking to one of our members, Kevin Shepard, who lives in Texas and he was saying, that the attitude there is like, we want more roads and more roads, more roads, but we never want to pay for them, not through taxes and not through tolls. And it's like, at some point you got to realize that this math just does not add up. Right. Um, do you think that this might be an inspiration for other states or is Ohio pretty unique in that realization? Well, I think you're st this seems to be a growing trend. I mean, Ohio's not, We're hoping, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't, I wouldn't say Ohio's a leader on this. Uh, you know, from my understanding, Michigan was one of the first states to go down this path. Um, and then California is the largest one. And I think they kind of uh, joined the group of states who have kind of taken this approach uh, last year. They announced a similar type policy. Uh, so I think you'll see more and more of this. The other thing that I would I would say about uh, this announcement from ODOT is that it's it's a bit tepid. You know, like I said, I don't think they're truly in this for the pure reasons of, hey, you know, we want to, uh, you know, build a more sustainable system going forward. I think it's just finances. So mm -hmm. with that said, I think if they can expand and add capacity, uh, but pay for it through user fees, I think they'll do it. Uh, okay. So that that's one thing. But in my mind, that's a fair compromise, though, too. If 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 you can get people to agree, okay, we'll build this, you know, uh, extra roadway, but it's going to be paid for through tolls, then that seems reasonable to me. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I don't think they'll totally turn their back at things like that, but I think the user fees will have to pay for the capital expenses up front, but also then uh, pay for the ongoing uh, maintenance costs. Definitely. Well, and since Ohio already has at least one or more toll roads, like, People are a little bit more comfortable with that idea, I guess. It seems like in states where there aren't any toll roads, it's really hard to take that step because people just are not used to it. Right. The, the interesting thing, you know, 
in Cincinnati where, you know, we focus most of our attention at Urban Cincy is uh, there's this project. Uh, we have this this highway bridge called the Brent Spence Bridge, and it carries interstate traffic for Interstate 71 and 75 over the mm -hmm. Ohio River. Uh, oddly enough, the state of Kentucky actually controls most of the bridges crossing the Ohio River. And so they're trying to rebuild this bridge. And, uh, you know, ODOT has said, and a lot of people involved in the project have said, okay, the only way we're going to fund this, you know, multi-billion dollar project is through tolls. But, mm -hmm. but Kentucky has really opposed it. The interesting thing about this is that Kentucky has built uh, a bridge or they're completing a bridge now in Louisville that will be paid for through tolls. Uh, and the reason I say this is interesting is because in that case, uh, that bridge is used a lot by people commuting from Indiana to uh, okay. Louisville into Kentucky. So they're willing to take the Indianans' money. Right. But <laughs> but in this case, it's mostly people from northern Kentucky commuting into Ohio to Cincinnati where the jobs are. And so in this I case, see. in this case, the Kentucky state legislature is not okay approving uh, special legislation to allow for a toll bridge. Uh, but in Louisville, they were uh, okay with it. So, you know, it's... it's Clearly there's it, some bias going on there. Yeah. Right. And so that project... As a result, it's kind of just at a standstill, especially with now uh, Kentucky's newly elected uh, Tea Party governor, who's very much against the idea of uh, tolls. Okay, yeah. Um, so you wrote something in your article um, that in addition to focusing funds on maintenance and preservation, that ODOT says they'll also abandon their worst first approach to fixing roadways. What does that mean for the state and for road funding? Yeah, so this... This was interesting for me to learn. Actually, I wasn't aware the state had this policy, but basically what they did in the past when they went went around with their uh, maintenance funds is they said, where's the worst worst uh, road the, or the roads with the worst conditions? Mm -hmm. Once they identify that, then they would spend their money at fixing those. That's where their money was spent first. And okay. while that seems reasonable on a lot of fronts, what ODOT concluded through some internal audits and studies of their own is they said, well, actually, if we abandon that approach, we could actually save some money. Yeah, I bet the worst ones are the most expensive to fix. Right. And that's exactly what they said. So uh, the way they they compared this to they, they used the analogy of, you know, changing the oil in your car. So rather than wait until, you know, something really bad goes wrong with your car, it's better to just spend your money on doing the basic upkeep and maintenance. And so uh, instead of just targeting whatever roads are in really terrible condition, they're going to take that, that savings from what would be, you know, devastatingly bad roads and then spend it on more uh, maintenance and preservation as they call it. Um, okay. And so, so, they, so they, yeah, they, they think that they said that'll save like $300 million over a six year period. Uh, which is fine, but I, I don't know how that actually, uh, you know, materializes. I don't know where you draw the line. <laughs> At some point, you're going to have these really, really bad roads, and you know who's going to fix them. So, so right. something Do needs they to just give get at abandoned. Some point. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe that will happen. We've we've seen that happening in other places, or at least they're anticipating that happening in other places. Sometimes that seems the most realistic. Um. You mentioned at the end of your article that this 
this new plan of fix it first could be potentially damning for some big road projects. Um, what can you mention some of those projects and do you think there's going to be a backlash from companies and leaders who have a stake in those? Well, the, the most current one is this actually, it's a, it's a fairly new proposal and a fairly outlandish one at that is, uh, a suburban home developer in uh, the Cincinnati region has proposed a second uh, bypass of Cincinnati, so a second hmm. beltway, but only around the eastern portion of the region. Okay. And, and the justification behind this is this Brent Spence Bridge project that I talked about, you know, this $2.7 billion project that the funding isn't just quite there yet and people can't come to an agreement on it. So he said, hey, let's just bypass the whole thing not build a new bridge, keep the existing one we've got, and then that's the solution. Um, the problem is, is the bypass idea itself would be a lot of money. Uh, nobody seems to be willing to pay for it either. And even on the Ohio side, ODOT's already made initial statements saying they don't particularly like the idea. The Cincinnati Regional MPO has said they don't like the idea either. They don't know where it's going to come from unless it's paid for by tolls, which – if you refer back to what I just told you about the appetite for tolls in Kentucky, that makes the whole idea of uh, that project, which would be largely through Kentucky and then into Ohio, uh, pretty unappealing uh, right. if you have to pay for it through tolls. So uh, I think that, that'll that really hurt a project like that. There was also this other project, which ODOT is already pretty much uh, backed off of, uh, called the Eastern Corridor. Mm -hmm. um, through Cincinnati, which would be another highway extension project. This might also be the final nail in the coffin for a project like that. Uh, so we'll see. I, there, there aren't a whole lot of other uh, big highway projects in Ohio. There's there's a couple near Portsmouth, Ohio, which is in like rural southeast Ohio, uh, that have a lot of people scratching their heads of, you know, why are we spending $700 million on this kind of a thing in this location? Uh, so We'll see what happens with that. Okay. So based on what you know about Ohio, do you think they're going to follow through with this fix it first plan? Does that seem realistic? Well, a lot of the, the commenters on our story uh, don't believe so, but, okay. uh, <laughs> but I, I, I do believe, you know, I don't think anyone was particularly pushing them to make this policy change. Uh, so I think this, truly came from an economic situation where they were looking at the numbers and just said, well, you know, we're not going to be able to make this work. These numbers just don't add up. And so uh, I think, you know, numbers are a hard thing to change. You know, when you look at them, add them up, if they don't work, they don't work. And so whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever, uh, that's the reality you have to live with. So I, I do believe that they'll stick with it. But like I cautioned before is I, I think they'll still do some, probably capacity adding projects in the future, but I, I suspect they'll be paid for through user fees. Okay. Well, this has been really interesting and this is a promising story that I'm going to try to follow. Are you guys going to keep reporting on it? Do you think? We are. Yeah. We're, we've already been contacted by a couple other people, uh, you know, at ODOT or at other agencies who have additional information to add. So I, th I think, uh, yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep following up on this. And I'm just curious, how, how are you reporting on these stories when you are halfway around the world? 
<laughs> well, we have a we have a team of riders, uh, not okay. all that dissimilar to uh, Strong Towns, and uh, the rest the rest of the team's in Cincinnati. So, uh, okay. I, I just serve as the uh, editor and uh, chief instigator, if you will. Well, that's really cool, and it's a great news source. So, all of our listeners should definitely check it out. Randy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and share about this project in Ohio. Um, Hopefully it signals uh, some changes for other states too. We'll see. Yeah, thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Randy. Take care.